what I really want is I want Germany, Poland, and France in one pod together, but that's not going to happen. Hello everybody and welcome to StatCheck episode 54. This episode is titled WTC Hype Approval Thread to go with the WTC, all the cool stuff that's happening with that being in less than, starts two weeks today basically. Uh, and that is both exciting and terrifying in equal measure. I'm Innes, I'm joined by Nathan. We were meant to be being joined by an Anthony, but unfortunately Anthony is um, currently experiencing power cuts. So we are going to be getting started without him. If he or Jeremy are able to join partway through, then we will uh, obviously they'll jump in with us. But until then, you have myself and Nathan. So we're going to just start off with easy stuff. We're going to talk through the general, go through the stats, and then we're going to do some general talky stuff about 4K, probably mostly about WTC, because that's most of the exciting stuff in 4K right now for both myself and Nathan. First of all, though, how are you doing, Nathan? If you weren't here last week. How has your last couple of weeks been? I'm doing great. I've been doing a lot of interviews with uh, Tomek and Comtech Loss for interviewing all the WGC captains. Then I've been doing a lot of practice with Eldar for this week and GT. Uh, I fly out to Ottawa on Friday where Jeremy's going to pick me up and we're going to drive out to Petawawa for Capital Clash. Um, so I've been tuning Eldar lists um, and then practicing Eldar lists basically because list submission was uh saturday last week unless an faq drops in which case we will do a wrist a list resubmission date on friday i guess is what we were told so i may or may not fall i definitely won't fall into a a giant shameful list spiral again where i like message everybody that i know asking if i've lost my fucking mind presumably the answer will be yes i mean the answer will be yes but now i'm i've decided that i'm just going to message innis with my terrible thoughts because at least innis has like the ability to ask like a couple leading questions to make me feel like i find my own answers (laughs) um but yeah that's about it it's just me apparently playing necrons mostly for practice and a lone shadow sword that fucking blew up my Wraith Knight with 24 Mortal Wounds turn one, which was kind of amusing, but also terrifying at the same time. That's about it. That was my week and my weekend. Uh, I'm super hyper excited to do War Masters in like two weeks. Uh, yeah, that starts two weeks today as well. Oh my yeah. god. And then oh, week... it's Friday, dude. Yeah. I don't even know what my list is going to be. I'm borrowing the list from somebody playing at WTC and I'll have a list like yeah, I, I'm decided if I'm playing like my the same list in singles and teams, or if I'm like going to pretend that I respect some armies that I'm just not respecting in my teams list at all. It's going to be an interesting time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited to see what kind of random army that I've never played before that I'm going to be playing um, with a week of practice. I could borrow, I could borrow Brian's Eldar for say for WTC for War Masters. Yeah, that's an idea. Just <laughs> war crime it up with some people. That'd be great. I mean, GSC or Eldar are probably two perfectly good options yeah my gsc would probably not get approved uh too many too many prints and conversions that are not really the right size um they, uh, they do they do the job for government work when nobody's paying attention but the uh the, the <laughs> level of scrutiny applied by the wc modeling channel i'm kind of limited in what i can really bring yeah it's great so, i've been reading that thread partially for amusement purposes because like nobody follows instructions 
but also because there's like really normal singles stuff that would get approved by like most NETO on the planet that just won't get approved by WTC people. Like somebody was like, here are some converted or like kit bashed um, exaction squads. I was like, oh man, those look like exaction squads. Those would be great. And then immediately afterwards, the WTC people come out and they're like, those are just tempestive scion bodies. Um, so they're denied. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh, Neil is asking if I'm going to put forward an 11th hour captain's vote against the modeling restrictions. No, because they're still less stupid than last year's ones, um, where they were going to be like, hey, so all your Void Weavers need the crew modeled, but like not just the guy on the gun, but like the two guys that hang off the wings need to be there as well. And they were like, everybody needs all of those. And I was like, hold on a goddamn minute. Maybe we shouldn't make every other player buy a new army. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I am not broadly on board with the way that they have handled things this year but it's teething problems of a new edition and towering mattering model height being a lot more important this year like i understand why they're being a lot more sensitive about it but it certainly is causing problems the the fact that they're being like every tau player needs to have their drones like next to the units like drives me nuts because i don't know a single goddamn person who gives a toss about them but sure i guess but if you want proof that the average 40k player cannot read, um, go and check out that channel because I don't think anybody's read the, the the submission guidelines for how to submit models, up to and including my team when I get when I ask them to give me their requests. Um, so you know, it, it do be like it is. Uh, as for myself, because we're still on the our week of 40k bit, uh, I have had a very busy week. I have played a absolute ton of Warhammer, which is you know kind of the point. Um, but I, I played a bunch of Tyranids, which is really cool. I wanted to see how that army worked, get some ideas of it, because I'm fairly settled where my Death Watch is at for WTC. Great secret that I'm playing Death Watch. I honestly couldn't get less at this point. Um, so I, I gave Nids a bunch of a bunch of playtests because I wanted to see if there was any list in there to have a look for some other options and came to my own conclusions there that I can talk about later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been super interesting. I managed to jam like six games with them and then also play some games with Death Watch. Um, and then obviously just been doing a bunch of coaching stuff on the side. I, I say on the side as if it's not my like actual normal job. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been hectic. <laughs> Neil says that rule that has been in place since 2018. Yeah, Neil, but drones used to be actual models. Now they're tokens. And I think the idea of being like, you must have the actual token model. Not just like, I would be okay if you were just like, you're going to have like a stack of like tokens that says what drones there. But having to actually have the drones there, it just seems psychotic. And every type player is just going to put them in the side and they're going to ask their opponent to start every game if they have to put them out. And they're going to say no. And then no type player is going to actually put the drones out unless the ref walks by and is like, you need to put your drones out. And they'll be like, yeah, uh -huh, sure, buddy. And then they won't do it. And then they'll get a yellow card and it will be very unreasonable. And I'll be very mad if that happens to my type player if we have a type player. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I think like the funniest thing to me has always been that there was a point where WTC was like, all your transports need to have like the riders on them. And I was like, it's a good thing I'm not going because I purposely model all of my Eldar transports to not have hangers on because they always fucking break every single time. Whenever I put them on raiders, they would immediately crack off and fall, no matter what I did. Also, Ishik says hi. Hi, Ishik. It's a WTC episode, so hi. I hi, didn't think Ishik. you covered. I didn't, didn't think you watched 4K content. I thought you were too busy, be, like having private islands and stuff. Anyway, that's too much of an in joke. Um, <laughs> also, apparently, anyway. my my contact loss content is leaking into here because now we have bird questions. Bird questions is... are very important. 
But uh, we'll bring up bird. Nathan just mentioned that my bike mic is having static, and what that actually is is this mic is my actual new mic, which I managed to get working. Um, is sensitive enough that it was picking up me playing with a bit of plastic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why was everything fine during the pre-show in this? Everything was fine. Now every look, time look, you talk. Man, my, my ADHD is just struggling with <laughs> not having a thing to do. I'm like, I could check my phone. Oh. I can't tap out to Discord because if I open Discord, that's what breaks my mic. So yep. we're just going to roll with it. So instead, we're going to talk about stats now because we I want to make everybody and What that means fan. is Nathan's going to talk about stats and I'm going to go for a nap because honestly, hey, we are we are saved by the bell. Just in time for stats, Jeremy is here. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? <laughs> uh, good. I lay down for a nap, and my wife got home later from work than we were expecting. So <laughs> I am back Jeremy modeling the very, very similar to last year's Canada shirt, so this might be the first year I don't try and get a Canada shirt. Um, we do have um, a version of it in black. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be good enough to swap one of the Scotland shirts this year. Our shirts are real nice. Yeah, we'll so. see. I don't know. I'll have some extra staff shirts if people want to swap for those, basically. I don't know. They're jerseys. Well, Jeremy, swear before we move on, how was your weekend for you? Or your two weeks in 4K, because you also weren't here last week. How was your last couple of weeks in 4K, baby? Uh, last weekend, I did absolutely nothing. It was lovely. I actually took a break from 40K because I've been running a little ragged, in all honesty. Um, people know that I've been sick, fairly sick for the last few weeks. But uh, two weeks ago, I was at Tacoma. Um and uh, I got to witness the first Super Major of 10th edition, and that was so much fun. Um, like, genuinely just amazing to see how many people were coming out to enjoy the hobby, play the game, um, and see how it was being received by the community. Um, yeah, it was a ton of fun. And yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I haven't really played very much 40k in the last two weeks as much as I would like to. But uh, you prepping for Clash as well, or are you wrapping that one? I am wrapping. I am the head judge for Clash this weekend. Um, so yeah, I've got anyone who is if I don't want something to do this weekend, uh, we do have a few tickets left. But uh, uh, I've got. Capital. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> you already have a golden ticket. You don't need to come. Uh, yeah, but that means I can win it and pass it on to Nathan. Why would you need to do that, though? You can beat me any day. You don't need to beat me specifically at this event. That's like true. I also definitely can't fly to Canada this weekend. That's a little excessive. No, but... probably not. But yeah, um, just uh, just outside of my city, about an hour east of here, um, we're running Capital Clash. Uh, we've geared, it's, I think we're up to 70 players now. Uh, we are giving away four golden tickets, which don't ask me how we got it. Uh, and uh, it's coming down to... Um, the wire for getting everything ready because we are using fully updated WTC layouts. Um, Dan, um, one of the sponsors of this show and of Team Canada uh, from the Red Dragon, has been working his butt off making sure that all of the terrain has been updated, um, which also includes flipping something like 40 uh, small ruins that were built the other way from our terrain layouts for last year. Uh, for ninth edition, so he has been breaking them we apart. Didn't have any ruins that we no, because we didn't have WTC terrain previously. We had WTC style terrain. Now we can run any WTC layout that we want, uh, medium style. We can't run the heavies because that would require a lot more three story ruins. But from a singles perspective, it means that we can actually do all of this. Um, and 
yeah, there's just been a lot of last minute things. Like yesterday I had to run out, and again, apologies to John for this, I had to run out to our printer to pick up table numbers uh, and player brochures. Uh, probably in another day or so, I'll be running out to pick up um, secondary cards because we, we, we had those made up for everyone. Yeah, so that's been nice. I've been I've been kind of awesome. running a little rag, and that's why I lay down for a nap and forgot to set a timer. That's fair enough. Anyway, with that, let's move on a little bit to the stats, which is the bit where I get to shut up and go for a nap for a bit because the stats are that boring. But uh, because they are important, I'm going to shut up and let you guys actually have the important conversation. Sure. I mean, we don't want to talk about them too long because I think people are pretty aware that the medic is kind of on fire. I know that people will kind of want probably some positivity, which will be in the second half of this show where we talk about WTC and how hyped we are all to be in Mechlin and how hyped we are to do various activities at that point and how hyped we are to do also play a clash next weekend or get judged by Jeremy next weekend, which are both fun things. And then Pizza Bagels has a question. It's not a question. Uh, it's then... just a thing I thought was funny. Don't be distracted by me pressing buttons. It's funny. God damn it. <laughs> um, all right. So we're just going to talk about this last week, and then I'm going to talk about why the meta is on fire, and then we're going to kind of move on from there, and I'm sure that Jeremy will have some stuff to say as well, because that'll be fun. Um, this last week, I don't think anybody is terribly surprised by most of the, well, at least three members of the top five. Two of the members of the top five might be a little surprising for some people. Eldar are number one. They made up 11% of the meta. They had a win rate of 71%. Uh, they won two events, had nine top fours and 16 top tens for an overall overrep of 4.11, which is honestly a grotesquerie when you make up 11% of the meta. That That's ridiculous. That means they made up 44% of whole positions, which yep. is real bad, folks. They made up 44% of top fours. <clears throat> Over the weekend, we're going to talk a little bit more about how that looks when you look at all of 10th edition together in just a minute. Uh, Gene Steeler Colts were in second. They have gone up in meta representation a few times over 10th edition, are currently at 5.3%. They had a 68.2% win rate. They won two events, had four top fours and 10 top tens for an overrep of 3.81. So also good old Harlequin style numbers coming out of Gene Steeler Colt. Um, you know, for fun and profit. Uh, in third place is probably the first of the two surprises of the top five, which is Chaos Space Marines, who made up 4.3% of the meta. They had a 56.1% win rate. Uh, one top four, three top tens, and a 1.15 for over, so roughly balanced. So they were doing okay. Imperial Knights were in fourth, 6.6% uh, of the meta, a 50. Why is this slightly out of order? Did I hit the wrong? Uh... There we go. Imperial Knights were actually in third. They had a 57.2% win rate, but they didn't win any events. They didn't get any top fours, but they did get three top tens. So they ended up with a net zero for overrep, despite winning a bunch of their games. And then the it's in, that's because GSC and Eldar are holding all of their overrep. Yeah, which is something we're going to talk about in a minute, really. Uh, Tyranids were in fifth place. They had 17 players, 3.9% of the meta. A 55.2% win rate, one event win, two top fours, and three top tens for a 2.58. Although yeah, that, let's go nits. that number is definitely inflated by the fact that there's not a lot of Tyranids players at the moment playing the game. Um, and then at the bottom, in no particular order, actually they're in order from worst to not 
as bad. No know. particular order besides the order they're in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Death Guard, who had a 30.2% win rate. Uh, Sisters of Battle, who were at a 34.4. Grey Knights, who were at a 34.6. Drukari, who were at a 36. And then Leagues of Votan, who crawled out of the worstest faction and are at a 37.5% win rate. So, just... of no, some of those factions have less than half the win rate of Eldar? Yes. Cool. And the thing that I really wanted to bring to people's attention and something that you can look at the dashboard if you look at all the stats together is the overrep, like Innis said, is basically has, there's like three factions with a stranglehold essentially on every single top four placement that exists. So I'm going to ask you, Innis, how many of 140 total top four placements do you think belong to the top three factions? I'm gonna guess it's something absurd, like 105, which would Not be quite. which would be 75. percent Almost, we're at 88 out of 140, so it is more than a half lot. belongs to three factions. Yeah, yeah, just three factions essentially have almost two thirds, probably about two thirds of all. Yeah, roughly. It's... Wow, if you can do this math in your head real quick, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm it's, it's it. a lot. I don't. Yeah. It's... And we have 34 GT-sized events currently in the dashboard. I think we have 35 in the Excel sheet. Um, five factions who are not in the top three have won GT-sized events or bigger that we track. And they've each won one. So 20... Like, first of all, hell yeah to the Nids player this weekend. So <laughs> proud of you, buddy. Um... So depending on whether or not you're looking at our Excel sheet or you're looking at the data, the metadata dashboard on StatCheck, you might see 29 or 30 GT wins that are basically in three hands as far as factions go. Most of those hands are Eldar hands because they've won 16 of those. So almost half of all GT wins since the start of 10 have been won by Eldar. So definitely powerful but not dominating performance from Eldar. Uh, strongly powerful but not dominating. Dominating is 80% or more, right? Definitely. Definitely 80% or more. We're not quite there yet. We're at like 70. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I mean like percent of GTs. Like if you're not winning oh, four yeah. out of five GTs as Eldar, like are you really like are they even really that good? Like that's yes. one in five GTs that aren't being won by Eldar players. And if you're not good enough to make that one of the five, you're one that you're at. Like, isn't that on you really? A little bit. We're definitely going to watch me play the other Eldar players, having not yet practiced the Eldar mirror. Maybe I'll try to do that this week and watch me get like terribly owned by the faction that I'm playing just a thing that could happen but when we're talking about the meta being in a bad state it's Sorry, what most... are the other two factions that are strangling the meta just before we oh gsc and imperial knights who are at like you... seven and six gt wins or something like that it's my both it's incredible because imperial knights aren't even good but like power to them i mean they've won two gts so far yeah seven for gene sealer colt and uh six for imperial knights on the dashboard so those are the two factions who have been able to win multiple GTs in the current environment. Um, so when people are in the competitive community and especially on this podcast are like kind of feeling negative about the meta as a whole right now, I would tell you that the meta is kind of on fire. Just, just, just and, that the, and that the people that are holding the Molotov cocktails that have lit that on fire, just three people, one of one who has four arms. Or three, like it really depends on the model. Like most sure. of them only have three arms. Like don't, like this is blatant like discrimination. Sorry. The emperor has four arms. The gene sealer, the cultists have three. 
sorry. I don't want to talk about third arms throwing Molotovs too much on the channel. That just it seems like too much. Yeah, you might upset the French. Um, <laughs> or Jeremy, who seems to have clipped off his camera again. Yeah, Jeremy's Canadian. That's basically French. Um, oh, don't tell the French or the Canadians that. It's fine. I don't think any French or Canadian people listen to this podcast. Um, otherwise, it's like the other thing to look at is that when we look at the meta as a whole, since the kind of the balance update, and when we want to talk about balance windows of 45 to 55, you essentially have three factions that are above it and then one, two, three. 10 factions that are in that balance window. And then that means there are about 11 factions that are below that window. So like a full half of the meta is just outside the balance window in the negative direction. There's a chunk of it that's in the middle. And then there's like three factions that are just way at the top. And one of the problems that you're hearing about is that people will talk about how if you nerf the top three, other factions are going to kind of crop up because suddenly there's not this strangle by three factions on top four placements and GT wins. One of the favorites is Custodes, who are like maybe a couple of S-tier nerfs away from popping into their own S-tier by themselves. But I don't the, know. The fact remains, that if you cut the top three fact the top two factions off there is a solid vibe check of if you can't kill 10 lich guard or 10 custodian guard you can't play the game in 10th edition right now like there's just a line like if you can't sustain magnus shooting you or killing those two units or an oath desolation marine squad your your army doesn't exist right now and that's really cool and i think that's awesome i think it's a really great representation of you know just like single builds in powerful armies Oh my god, cat um, dominating <laughs> the um, like competitive stratification. I just like how distracted I would trust that cat to balance 40k. Um, yeah, I trust that cat to make all balance decisions moving forward. It's Stu Black Cat, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's Stu Black. <laughs> Jeremy, you're muted by the way. I hope you know that. I am aware he's been screaming at me, which is why I've been muted and why my camera keeps getting turned uh, on and off. I don't think I don't think anybody minds if the cat is screaming on air. The cat is just representative of the state of the 40k bag game, unfortunately. Um, things yeah, are I'm, uh, I'm gonna distill the stats into a couple words. Things are real bad right now. Um, they're not getting better, and I wouldn't count on whatever happens by the end of July to make it better. We are going to need a slate for this in some sense, and until there is a slate, the game will remain in a state that is playable as long as you aren't trying really hard to be winning games. Um, if you're just here to have the fun, Kenneth is fine. If you're trying to win tournaments, um, play play other RGSE or don't show up um, or get lucky. Like th Those are the criteria. Be one of the best players on your faction in the world and get lucky or play other RGSE and be a player of other RGSE. Um, that, that's kind of the and or nights if no good other RGC players show up. That's kind of the, the matter right now. Um, it's a shame. It really is because the game is generally still pretty fun. I've been enjoying 95% of the games of 10th edition I've played. But. Yeah. I've got a fun one. And that's the thing. Probably about 90% of the games fun. Of, of 10th I've enjoyed. And that 10% is when there is a massive faction disparity or even. Or knights are included at all. Yeah. No, no, no. There, there is no fun games that include knights. Towering is a mechanic that should not exist. Go away, Jeremy. Don't be a knight apologist. So here's a fun one. I don't care. Here is a fun one. The Lone Star Open was this weekend, and Frontline Gaming took it upon themselves to deviate from Games Workshop's rule set, which is unusual for um, that organization. The 8th and 9th edition Frontline Gaming. Uh, yeah. it's, it, no, it's, it's really unique it's for 9th edition. 
frontline gaming because eight they yeah, set right. their own they they wrote the itc mission packs whereas ninth they're like gw good let's just run them and for the most part people agreed um but given that there has been a fair amount of challenges with the edition the lone star open put forward a adjustment to terrain and it was very simple um it was that towering only worked if you towed into the ruin so you could not be seen, you could not see uh, with a towering model until you touch that rune. And then you I'm pretty sure we recommended that, that change like three months ago as well. But but it does also mean that they cannot be seen otherwise. It seems fine. They didn't win, right? They didn't win. They came close though. Now here's the fun question. How much of an impact did that have on the top three armies at Lone Star Open? Which was a 220-person six-round event, so there's a decent amount of data available, and Eldari, GSC, and Knights were out in full force at this event. So It's very good for a Wraith Knight. Phantasm becomes even better, but also like other an abomination for a thousand reasons. I don't think making the Wraith Knight slightly better on some terrain is that big a deal. Yeah. Um, oh, and Knights, like, fine. Knights still get vibe-jet by all the same things Knights currently get vibe-jet by, and GSC, it's like fine, you can't shoot the knights, they can't shoot you, net, who cares? Yeah, so uh, I'm assuming that, that, that Ben J has been jerk. Uh, shout out to him for winning the Lone Star Open after uh, pulling out a nail-biter of a game against CSM on uh, on stream. That was a really fun game to watch. Um, so overall, since the adjustment came out, um, which was the initial emergency points increases, which had a fairly minor impact on things, but they hit Eldari and Towering and Indirect, um, Eldari have had a 69.8% win rate, GSC have had a 65.9% win rate, and Imperial Knights have had a 56.4% win rate. At, and this is everything except for Lone, the Lone Star Open. At the Lone Star Open specifically, Eldari had a 68.6% win rate, so they went down by 1.2%, but really close. GSC that within deep like that's not really a yeah. change gsc had a 68.4 percent win rate which went up by 2.5 percent and imperial knights had a 58.5 percent win rate which went up by 2.1 percent hmm. so the flg it, it, it's it's within the bounds so it's actually fairly close but it is a large enough sample of games that you can actually say that it was a meaningful change and increase um uh josh johnson with the flg towering change y'all think they should go back to the pre-nerf points no no, they're still too cheap. There's, they're still too cheap. And this is the thing. This is with them experimenting on what they can do to address this towering issue. Um, it turns out that when knight players can just hide their big knights wherever they want to and then take advantage of their 10-inch movement to get angles on you, it hurts. You could remove towering, keep the ones to just rear ones 1-1 one, one, and 1-1 one, one to wound, and up them 10%, and they'd still be a complete, still be as good as they are now. Uh, I don't think they'd be as good as they are now, but they would definitely be a... a they, they would definitely they'd be... They'd lose an armor and nothing would change. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, th that change probably is better for the feeling of the game, because you can hide more effectively against them. Um, but it highlights the fact that, well, if you can't see them, they're just going to get angles on you, anyways. I think yeah, that you, you it can is worth play around them getting angles on you. Like, yeah. it's also worth noting this was the first time anybody had played with this rule set. Mm -hmm. Like, there were going to be people aren't used to playing against knights they can't shoot, right? Like, that's just a fact of life. The knight player will adapt to it quicker because they will play more games with it than you will adapting to playing against it. That's just the way this works. Yeah. It's going to be stronger for the first outset whenever you ever have a change like that for the players playing the armies that receive the direct change. 
there's also the new player place terrain change that was in effect for this event as well, right? Oh, yeah, that's true as well. Like, yeah, Frontline was playing player place, which means it's also basically like not the same game as everybody else. Correct, which also explains the the hike to GSC that, they, that you see, because when you can hide on an objective, not be shot on that objective because you can't be seen through terrain and you can place terrain protecting that objective every single game, GSC does a lot better. Yeah, and you don't need any terrain in your deployment zone because you just loan up and one with the darkness, everything. So you can just make all your midfield terrain unassailable. Yeah, it seems good. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is that the change is going to have to be a little bit more than just that towering change. We're probably going to have to see more points increases. Hopefully not as many to Chaos Knights because I don't think Chaos Knights are the problem. When they smacked towering, they definitely smacked Chaos Knights a little bit. Um, along with some random nonsense that nobody was ever going to play. But such is life. Um, I want to point out that the thing that still amuses me more than anything is that the Morkonaut got hit. But the uh, the gargantuan Squigoth did not. I think even past that too is like the corn loader of skulls and world leaders. Oh, that like was the the, the corn loader of skulls in both DSM and world leaders just got like they got hit by a drive by. It was that moment of like, what happened there. Isn't it more expensive in world leaders as well by like forty or fifty? points? Yeah, it went up by I think it was one hundred and twenty points instead of sixty points. Just a gigantic change. Uh, no, it was 105 it went up by, because it was 45 points. Because it could have had some charge. It could have had some charge of world here. It's so much stronger. Yeah, and it can have a six-up feel in the paint, too. It can. And you can yeah. run anger on with it. But it doesn't get... Maybe this is... <laughs> it doesn't get critical hits on fives, um, because it's corn, because it can't dark pact. Yeah, but it only gets to the melee, and who's getting a lot of skulls to melee? That doesn't sound like a thing that happens. No, but you just talked about advanced and charging it. Look, don't question me. Uh, <laughs> don't poke holes in his argument by listening to his argument, Jeremy. But yeah, how um, dare you? The Gargantuan is a really fun like one that's... because it has towering and it has firing deck twenty-two. First of all, thank you, Tim, for money on money laundering. And Big Squake definitely did something wrong. Um, I don't really care what it is, but it did it wrong. I will say still that my favorite models from the WTC modeling thread are the uh, tiny the, drops, like the, the tiny, tiny stompa the tiny stompa the baby stompas and the stompa parents those are still the best models that i've ever seen yeah, mine will never not be liam vsl's um trigonometry to determine if his chaos spawn were the right size if you look at today's like, I, show icon i put I, that's the background to the icon for today is liam vessel's <laughs> trigonometry to prove that the uh the crypt ghouls are appropriate uh proxies for for chaos spawn Cool. Didn't right. the Brass Scorpion go to Legends as well? Somebody was mad. Yeah, that's why they we're said we're going to talk about Legends in a Brass Scorpion Dream. Is right, there anything else about we would like to finish on with the stats before we move on to some of the other show topics of the week? Nah, please, no more. Please okay. stop. The meta is dead. We don't need to punch it anymore. Rest in peace, Scouts, baby. <laughs> I think they're getting new models. They're gonna get I, new think models. I own so many Scouts and I'm so upset and I still don't <laughs> care. So let's talk about this. We need to explain why f's in chat for scouts. what do you mean do you mean that like everybody that watches the show isn't also terminally online like we are and has like lives and it relies on us to explain like occasionally occasionally in us occasionally okay. people so, need an explanation the basic gist is there was a list of about 20 firstborn units that came out sometime between 1993 and 2014 <laughs> that got kicked out of warhammer um they were just like yeah you go away you can pretend to be outriders now so everything from all of your land speeders to the Hunter and Stalker kit, which I definitely think is the weirdest one, because that kit's like the same age as Centurions. Um, so the same like, age as NS. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> about a century, right? Um, 
and then the Thunderfire Cannon and um, the Thunderfire Cannon and the like, Tech Marine, the tech, bikes, the tech Marine, which also I think makes I think Servitors are going away. Uh, oh, librarians are going away for everybody. The <laughs> basic librarian on foot, yeah. Um, who has which, actually, by the way, model. a massive nerf for Death Watch, so don't worry about that. Uh, uh yeah a mass just like, like a whole sway of the stuff was just like not just cut straight out of the uh the marines index for when the codex comes out which is a big change um scouts are gone and it's so painful because i own so many scouts i think i have like 30 combat scouts 30 sniper scouts and 30 polar scouts at this point it's just like I, I own too many scouts i don't know what i'm doing with all that i only play like i only play like 10 of them at a time but i've got enough to like like bury a child in is basically yeah uh, i don't I, recommend I, burying i do want to mess there's like at least two metal sniper scouts in there in a metal talent like i wouldn't recommend it but. i do want to ask jeremy how he feels about his raven wing situation now that like 90 percent of the raven wing book is gone well see that's the weird thing is that none of our unique stuff went away mm -hmm. that means they'll just be you'll have the raven wing command squad and the black knights and no bike squad now yeah we'll have outriders which yeah like kind of cool <laughs> Oh. Um, but they don't even have six attacks each anymore. What's the point? I know, I know. Um, you can give them, you, you can attack the chaplain, and you can take them in units of six now. And you can give them devastating wounds on their boars. I will say the one thing to keep an eye out on is that there's like been a new transfer sheet leaking around the internet that indicates okay. that outriders advanced need... six. That that's their special rule. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, they, I'm aware. Yeah, they get. Four attacks in combat. Yeah, the thing that I'm wondering about, and Derek Douglas actually points this out as well, is what they're going to do about the Talon Master in the bin. Mm. <laughs> right in the bin, it doesn't exist. It's not a real. It's not a real unit. We'll just get a new model. It's, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade kit with illusions yeah. of grandeur. Yeah. Like, uh, fuck off. so it appears because <laughs> someone actually has a handy dandy. This is when every every model in the game came out. It appears that the Company Command is the most recent. Uh, Unit to be discontinued because uh, that came out in 2016. Was it not? Did it really? Yeah. Was that not when they repacked it to include the? They repacked it to include the captain, right? That, that was, was when they changed, but that was what they did. That was when. They... Yeah, but that was a repack. That wasn't actually sure. the model. The most recent model was the Hunter Stalker. Uh, yeah, because that was 2013 for the Hunter and Stalker. It was a yeah. sixth edition release. Yeah, makes sense. Which is a really weird. Like, I feel like getting rid of the sixth edition release. Like for me, anything past fifth edition is like modern forty k. Yeah. So it feels really weird to be like, "Hey, let's just get rid of this model that exists." No, I agree. Uh, I mean, the assault squad um, in plastic was twenty fifteen. Yeah, that got repacked twenty. Oh, yeah, that did get re that get redone twenty fifteen. Yeah. Along with the devastators, just, that was, was when. Just, um... Yeah, assault squad devastators, <laughs> librarian, Sky Hammer annihilation. Of course, that was when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess technically, the librarian <laughs> terminator armor is now gone because they've given him a new one. Eh, that's not really the same level of gone though, right? Like that's it's the a refresh, level. but yeah, like it's a refresh on an. I think that guy's still model. technically on sale in the Grey Knight range as well, but probably. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's really weird. It's a big change for the Marine Codex. That's the main thing we're talking about. Obviously, we're talking about this from a competitive 4K standpoint. Yeah. Um, losing scouts, losing bikes. It's a ton of options that are going to disappear from Space Marines now. Obviously, that Codex is blowed to high hell. There are 107 data sheets in it at the moment, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that. tentatively seven of them are useful. No, it's like, like in the base index, there's like a hundred. Oh, yeah, there's like 107 plus all the chapter issues. Uh, I can the tell rough. you exactly what that is because I had to go through it. 
Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, like you could score for 50 minutes and still be on captains is the, the kind of general problem. And I think cutting down some of that blow absolutely is fine. I'm hoping that some of the roles that are being replaced like come back. Obviously, scouts are one of the best units in the Marine Endless right now. Uh, the only reason Death Watch don't play them is because they can't. Uh, and otherwise, you would see a ton more of them. Um, but they're very good in Gladius. They support things like Gulliman and the Lion very well, providing your lone operative. And them disappearing is you know, a big change for the viability of even just things like those models. Um, and I look forward to seeing if there's a replacement, what the replacement. I'm expecting something similar, like an you know, equal attention Terranage release wave for Space Marines, where we'll see like two or three new characters and four or five new models, like three or four new units. Um, please. They basically jump, said that, right? Jump melee, jump melee, jump melee, jump melee. Primaris is all I want. Just like fifteen strikes. I want fifteen strike models on foot, just like in my army. Uh, <laughs> I'm begging you, GW, please, and a captain to go with them, so I can give them Thiefa secrets. Uh, anyway, um, no, it's a weird change. Um, I don't mind. I like. I get it. Like, it's a bunch, a bunch of my stuff that isn't useful, but it still probably cost less than my three Demacarons did for all of it. So whatever. Yeah, and like someone pointed out, like my Ravenwing about probably a third of my Ravenwing now won't be fieldable, which happens. And you know what? That yeah. like you. Said, I mean, like, I own a Votar army that's not fieldable, so like it's not really. Yeah, that but thing. you legally could put it in a tournament. You just wouldn't want to. Yeah, yes. legally could do a lot of things. I don't. <laughs> I mean, you can legally use all those bikes and things still, right? Yeah, you're using Zatrider. They're right? just outriders. Use, yeah. use the attack bike as an invader ATV. I, yeah. I kind of expect that tournaments won't allow it because they're on different size bases. No, no, different. I would never. I could Are never. Are you saying see. that the title of this episode that they might not be WCC approved? <laughs> they might not be Jeremy approved. Like that would be. Like, I, I'm know, very like, understanding with conversion approvals for my events. Someone sends them to me. I'm like, like yeah, that seems pretty good. It's not going to come unless you, unless. Go for it. Unless you're asking Jeremy in our backstage about what the model policy is, in which case he's like, no, Nathan, no, you got to give me more information. <laughs> twice, what? twice Jeremy strings me along when I'm asking him The questions. player pack says to submit conversion approvals. Um, no. How dare you make him follow the rules? How dare you make there me read no the exceptions for anyone out For anyone, not even people that I am personally <laughs> driving to the event. <laughs> <laughs> It's fair. Look, it's fair if you can't be biased nice. for your friends, why why even bother having friends? Like... Emotional support, comfort. We don't do that here. What are you on about? <laughs> What's the I mean... whatever the opposite of emotional support is, is what the stat check backstage is. Um, you want you want emotional support? Be in the stat check Discord. The backstage is whatever the opposite of emotional support is. Is that what it is? Shit. Oh no. Man, that makes that makes a lot of things in my life very very strange. If that's the opposite of emotional support, just saying. Cool. Shall we move on? Um, um, should we talk a bit about WTC? Yes, yes, I like, think because it's in the title of the episode. It is. Yeah, it feels like a thing. Oh my god, it's in two weeks, guys. Like I don't I don't know how to convey to you how how ecstatic I am that like list submission is on Friday and that we'll have the draw on Saturday. Saturday. Yep. And it's like, oh my god! It's and Canada could real. be a full one seed, and we can win our pool. And like, oh my god, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> the amount of trash talk that has like steadily increased the closer we get to the event has been so good. Um, and getting to hear a bunch of it like on video for those interviews has been hilarious. I've been getting create a bunch of it. Let's be real, Nathan. You're not asking like questions, <laughs> but that's half the fun. <laughs> that is nine. Like I have to do that. 90% of the fun is to see if I can get like a team like into a fight 
at the WTC. Or convince the team captain to go with the tattoo bet. I, I know that was the best. Episode. <laughs> that was the best. He was very confident. Um, he was, in fact, so confident that I was like, man, you sound so confident. You should join this tattoo bet. Oh, multiple so, people have joined that tattoo bet because of how confident they were and me pointing it out to them. So I'm very, very enthused. So I suppose in order to give some semblance of structure to this, sure. uh, when the lists come out on Saturday, what are you looking at? Like, what are you looking at first? What team are you going to? I mean, for me, I'm going to be running an event, so I'm not going to be looking at any yeah, yeah. List. Shut up! You're going to be you're going to be on BCP <laughs> between rounds, checking every list, yeah. and you know it. Don't try. No, try no, no. You're right. Um, you're going to be like what sitting at a table. You're going to find whatever table two of your like WC players are sat at. And you're going to go sit them and be like, "Hey guys, judge pausing the clock. We're playing to lunch. You want to read lists?" And you guys are going to sit and do it. And we all know this, so back up and answer the question. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it. It's a tough one. Um, so I can say right now, because this is kind of somewhat public knowledge, the Americans and the Canadians recently scrimmed. The Americans handed the Canadians their ass in that scrim. Uh, we learned a lot. So I'm not as quick to look at the American list as I would normally, because they usually have some interesting takes. Um, honestly, it'll probably be the Germans. Um, because the Germans and the Poles tend to have some of the more interesting takes on the meta and lists that I found. So I just kind of want to see where they land. Uh, after that, after the Germans and Poles, it'll probably be whoever's in our pod, because we should know pods around the same time as lists are live. I would assume we'll probably get like pods like the <clears throat> evening off rather than the day off, so I might imagine lists will be live a little bit before. Yeah, I remember I'm six hours, six or seven hours behind everyone, so I'll probably be looking at lists, you know, in the middle of round one, and then pods in the middle of round two. Yeah, yeah. Can we just, just pause Clash for like 10 minutes? <laughs> we just pause pods for ten, Given, like the, the tournament I, I, for 10 I'm minutes to curious. watch I'm them start... draw from the giant wheel. <laughs> so while Innis answers the same question, I'm actually going to go and see how many WTC or WTC adjacent people are at this event. Oh, I'm going straight to Team England. List. I have to know. Like, I have to know how badly they shot the bed. So <laughs> I want to know exactly what bad list Nas is playing. That's all I have to All I want to know. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be like England, Australia, America, Germany, Poland in that order is probably what will happen. Yeah. And then like, yeah, then I'll start looking at pods and like Sweden and stuff like that. And then eventually I'll be like sitting in discord for like six hours writing list reviews for every single list in the event. And then that'll be, that's the really fun <laughs> bit. That's when the really fun start of stuff begins is when you're like, oh, so how do, how do I play this? What does this unit do? What is Voltan? Oh, no. And that's always the most fun bit for me is the, the I, I really enjoy the discovery phase before the event when you get to start being like, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of this. How do I play into this? Or, oh, they haven't thought of this. How do we ex how do we exploit that? And all that sort of stuff. I think that's very fun. If somebody's elder gets 20 I'm probably going to ask them some questions. That is a very good point. If anybody gets 20 old with elder at the tournament and it wasn't against GSC, you are more than welcome. Uh, I, I personally, I think you're allowed to just take one of their, like one of their Wraith <laughs> models. They just don't get it anymore. Uh, <laughs> You're suddenly feeling an understrength Wraith Guard unit. And you'd still win. Like, it's fine, but... Ooh, I've got a fun one. Just as a as a quick detour. Uh, pistols only work in uh, the shooting phase. Yeah, that's fun, too. I saw big that. guns never tire. Big guns never tire. And pistols only work in the shooting phase. Wraith Guard's guns don't do anything. And I honestly, definitely mis I misplayed that the whole time and now just realized that I can't do it that So it doesn't anymore. matter, because under WTC, they do work. <laughs> oh, 
cool. Are we following the WTC FAQ at Capital Clay? Yes, it is a WTC event. Okay, that, like, just double check. Because I did just double check, and there are 10 WTC or WTC adjacent people present, not counting myself. And So you guys are all going to be reading lists. It's fine. Yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a good chunk where like... Four like, golden tickets, 17 players or something like that, right? 67 players sure. registered right now. 17 players, yeah. <laughs> you always run down. Uh Towers. I'm I leave for WTC in five days and I'm still assembling. This is fine. I'm, so I'm deciding if I I'm deciding on Friday what to order for my army. So don't worry about it. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not ordering anything until submission is done. I'm like, I'll build models in the last week. It's fine. I do 4K for a living. I'll just take an hour. Yep. There there are definitely some of us who are just like, Dan, hold all of this. We might need it. <laughs> uh, um okay. We very roughly know what the pod trucker is going to look like. So going through the the team roster, yeah. What team do you not want to see in your pod? That okay. that's the next so one. To give so, people context on this, yep, uh, because not everyone is familiar. I'm with holding the up the event structure. and I'm going to start talking through what the pods yeah. are. Is that um, well? I can. I actually I know who's in every single pod because I've got my pod predictor. Um, and yes, I wrote an Excel sheet that will predict what pods could look like. Honestly. Anyways, at the WTC, there are two phases to the event. The first three rounds is the pod phase, uh, wherein you will play one game in an order that you already know about, on missions that you already know about, against one of the um, three team against each of the three other teams in your pods. So in this particular case, there are 36 teams that are registered for the WTC, 34 national teams and two uh, United Nations teams, which are essentially two additional national teams yeah. that yeah. couldn't quite get the required five players to represent their nation. I think yes, it's they're both three of eight teams for Malta and Slovakia. Yeah. Correct. Which is wonderful. Like it's great to see them coming out and it's and it'll be great because they're definitely going to go back to their to their countries with that experience and be like, hey, we can do this again next year and actually run our flag. Um, so anyway, so there's 36 teams um, for that, which means for pods of four, there are nine pods. Um, the way that the pods are worked is that they're seeded based on previous WTC's record. Now, the fun part about that is there's only been one WTC before this because prior to COVID, it was the ETC. Um, and so in 2022, um, the way that it will work out or for 2023, we just use 2023 results. Probably yes, I will screen share this. Uh, present. Uh, and we'll talk through it for anybody who's screen. Uh, window. I'm just going to do entire screen and then remember to turn this off afterwards. <laughs> so there we go. So this is, we're going to start over here. Um, this is the rankings from 2022. So Australia won, then we have Poland, Germany, USA, England, France, Sweden, the Netherlands, Canada, Spain, Ireland, Finland, Switzerland, Austria, Belgium, Scotland, Denmark, Greece, Italy, Iceland, Norway, Portugal, Wales, Northern Ireland, Romania, Luxembourg, and Latvia. And then new this year, this year, they aren't necessarily new to the ETC, but they're new to the WTC. We have two UN teams. We have Bulgaria, Croatia, Cyprus, Czechia, uh, Israel, New Zealand, and South Africa. Um, and I believe New Zealand and South Africa and Israel are actually, as well as Cyprus, are actually new, new to the WTC. Yes, this is their first WTC. And Bulgaria yep. as well? 
because I couldn't. Uh, Bulgaria have applied before, but I've never played. Before. Okay, because I couldn't find them in the historical rankings when I was doing a bit of research for this for this episode. So, it, so Croatia and Czechia have been at previous ETCs, but this is going to be their first WTC. Um, yeah, we interviewed Cyprus, Israel, New Zealand, and South Africa's captains okay. for Creme de la Creme. Okay, wonderful. Um, so yeah, so what that basically means, and I've actually put it here, is that your first seed in each pod is going to be one of these nine teams. So across the running across this and in, in my little pod predictor is Australia, Poland, Germany, USA, England, France, Sweden, the Netherlands, and Canada in a random order. And then after that, same thing for places 10 through 19. Uh, and that's because last year's UN team, which which ran under the name Warhammer Undivided, um, finished 11th. Um, so they've been pulled from the standings because they weren't a real team. They were a very cool group of guys, but they weren't a real team. Um, so then for the second seed, you have Spain, Ireland, Finland, Switzerland, Austria, Belgium, Scotland, Denmark, and Greece. And then for the third seed, you have Italy, Iceland, Norway, Portugal, Wales, Northern Ireland, Romania, Luxembourg, and Latvia. And after that, you have all of the teams that are new to the WTC this year. And so they make up the fourth seed. And so what happens is each one of these pods will be set up as, and it will be drawn randomly live on Contact Lost. Uh, each pod will have one play, one one country from each one of those pods. Um, and this thing actually just randomly updates with a new setup whenever I click a button. It's very fun. Um, but it means that you can kind of visualize who could potentially be in your pod and who you don't want to be in your pod. So Derek is asking a really good question. What happens if you win your pod? So you will play those first three games. And then after that, that determines your seeding for and you're you're basically Swiss pairing for yeah, we the just last four games yeah. because you it's a seven game long event. Uh, we play one game on the first day and then two, two, two for the next three days. So you end up playing seven matches. Um, in theory, you could have one team undefeated. Uh, was Australia actually undefeated last year? No, they were six. They were six zero and one. They drew with. Yeah. So they didn't USA. lose a round, but they didn't also yeah, win didn't all seven. They rounds. didn't win all their rounds. Um, yeah. When you run into really strong teams or equally skilled teams running into each other, draws actually are not uncommon. Um, yeah, you could fully win the event this year with five wins and two draws, or probably five wins, a loss, or like six wins and a loss. Like potentially, yes, because it all depends on who on who ends up taking into each other. But yeah, so as an example, let's just say these are the pots, and you have Canada, Spain, Wales, and South Africa. Canada comes out of their pod having won all three of those games, which, given the strength of Spain, I don't think is actually a guarantee. Um, and then you have say. Um, USA, who goes into Greece, Luxembourg, and Israel and comes out of their pod 3-0. Any of the other countries that are 3-0 coming out of their pod have the equal chance of playing each other at the in round 4. It just, it just goes to straight seeding at that point, so 3-0 teams will play each other, 2-0-1 teams will play each other, 2-1 teams Correct. and so on and so forth. And then, just like it was and then after that, for it's round just five, your first it's three rounds are determined. Yeah. Yeah. And the first three rounds means that the, the intention behind this, from my understanding, uh, is to prevent, you know, essentially first seed teams from playing each other in the first couple rounds and acting as spoilers. It's also to make sure, um, from what I understand, that every team gets a chance to play against the best teams. Um, it's it's good for teams that are, you know, weaker and have a less developed community to have the chance to play against Team England, Team America, Team Poland, and so on and so forth. Take the experience back and be like, hey, this is the level of WTC. This is what we can aspire to. And it's super cool that it gives every team a chance to do that. Obviously, it you know kind of sucks that you're just getting beaten on. But if you can take some lessons from it, like I know Latvia had a great time when they played um, USA last year. Yeah, they did. Round one, in fact, or two or whatever it was. And that's the thing. Most of the the like 
in this case, seed three teams that played through last year, um, had a pretty had a pretty good experience against what would have what would eventually be the seed one teams for this year, for the most part. Um, there's there's always going to be rounds you don't enjoy, unfortunately, but for the most part, it, it's a good experience because it builds you up. It gives you an idea of where you're missing, what you're lacking, what you're missing in terms of either preparation lists, um, pairings knowledge, all of that. Um, so that is where we're at right now. So the question I asked was, who do you not want in your pool? Yeah. So these are the countries that could potentially be in our pool. Um, Canada, by merit of finishing ninth last year, barely squeaked in as a first seed country. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting one because last year we were a second seed country in the uh, pod phase. So we ended up with Sweden, Wales, and Northern Ireland in our pod. Uh, and we came out of that. You guys got the, like the nicest. Group oh, of we had like, the only bad. The only bad team in that pod is Canada. Like the only bad team to play against is Canada. <laughs> like every other team. In there Listen is here, we got honorable mention sports last year. The only reason we didn't get sports is because of the Australians. Um, because that is one of the things the Canadians do like actually being recognized for us. Yeah, we're polite, we're friendly, and all that, but we like being best sports. Um, if we're getting, if we're getting, yeah, I don't know how you manage it with chains on the team, but that's fine. Definitely not a. I think that's why you didn't win. To be honest, but... what was that, Nathan? So definitely not a stereotype about Canadians involved. In no, no, and we definitely don't try to reinforce it. So, anyways, so pod, so C two could have Switzerland, Finland, Belgium, Greece, Austria, Scotland, Spain, Ireland, or Denmark. I think if from a like experience perspective, I'm okay with any of those teams. From a might be challenging to win the round, it's probably Spain. I don't actually know the strength of Belgium this year because I haven't looked at their roster yet. Um, because I think they have, they actually have a Belgian team this year. They do. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then maybe Finland, cause we ran into some challenges when we played Finland. Um, although that was more of a play experience and yeah. What about Scotland? Scotland would be fun. Just, sorry. He doesn't have to say anything. It's fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know the fear. Sorry. I just, I just saw Innis get slightly closer <laughs> to the microphone repeatedly, and I was just like, I kind of want to see. Well, if, if rumors are true, I've heard that Scotland has moved away from its two twenties and six draws uh, method of pairing, <laughs> which we'll discuss. We have, which yeah. we'll discuss more, I'm sure, on next week's show when lists are live. Uh, if it's a Guardian Belgium doesn't have Tom, that will improve them. I didn't say it; someone on the stream did. <laughs> that, that's it. I guess I'm allowed to say whatever he wants. Did one of um, us say that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, they don't have Tom, and they don't have Davi either. So that's like significant improvements to the, to the, to the uh, Belgian roster. Uh, no. As, as for myself, um, the only team we really don't want to pair is England, just because like we see England all the goddamn time. Um, obviously, we are in that pull two seed, so we can pair. We're pairing down into somebody and up into somebody. Um, I'm fairly happy playing anybody except England. Just, Please just don't make us play England because it's so boring. We play them every year at All Nations. I can't be arsed dealing with them again. They're such twats. Uh, and plus the having seen their player cards, yes. <laughs> uh, really? That bad? <laughs> I put one in backstage. You can see it. Oh, no. I did see that. Uh, ben, when do we get to fantasy draft? This we will be doing the fantasy draft after lists are live. Um, but that will be happening. <laughs> <laughs> You're still screen sharing, by the way. He knows. Okay. <laughs> by the way, they're all kind of like that, is what I've been. Oh, doing. that's so, pain. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, Nassim. Oh, Nassim, you beautiful little 12-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Super. All right, so here's the fun question. I'm going to distract things for a little bit. What is your ideal pod, Ennis? Uh, so, actually, two answers to this. Your ideal pod for coming out of the pods with a good record, and your ideal pod for you want to have a good time. Okay, so we're three and zero if we pull Canada and any three seed and four seed, um, or probably Sweden as well. Uh, um, Italy could give you a run for their money. No, they can't. It's fine. Uh, play Shintel and see what it works don't worry, out. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't have to play Shintel. I'll just like throw like mention something about pasta and like watch him run away. <laughs> I know Shintel it's not offensive. Please don't be worried. <laughs> uh, I'll just like mention like one of the warp time things and he'll go running. Um, <laughs> And then yeah, Canada are crap, so that's fine. Sweden are probably Sweden are about the same. So, yeah. sorry, Tomic is sending me all the player cards for England. Oh no, they're really good. Yeah, if we <laughs> Chris says if we play the Italians, he'll tell them he likes pineapple on pizza. Instant twenties. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about any of the pool three seeds, assuming that we have prepped as much as I hope we have. Um, my only comment is that Italy has this are. tendency to be have on and off years, and I think this is going to be their on year. Yeah, they got to prove that first, though, right? Like, I, I welcome seeing it. I would love, I would love it if Italy were good, but that's fair. Um, it's very, they can be very variable. Um, yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna pull Poland and have plausible deniability. That's all I'm really looking for. <laughs> The actual the, the ultimate pod Italy and, like, and UN team two and suddenly find yourself one one. The most one. the most fun pod would be like either Australia or Sweden, and then us and probably either Norway or Northern Ireland, and then like South Africa or New Zealand or something like that. Just like any any chill team from the I'm, I'm imagining most of them are gonna be pretty chill, but South Africa or New Zealand, I imagine would be pretty fun in terms of like all speaking English and being like super easy on that front. Yeah, makes sense. What about yourself, Jeremy? Uh, for us, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I kept joking with people that we could just have a Commonwealth off. Um, it could be <laughs> Canada, Scotland, uh, Northern Ireland, and New Zealand. And that would be actually a very fun pod because there would be no language issues be. whatsoever aside from the, the with the Kiwis. The Canadians, yep. Um we only brought one like you guys are bringing francois like i'm, I'm guaranteeing somebody's going on well no we, we only brought one actual frenchman this time around francois is an honorary uh english speaker are we calling the people from quebec frenchmen now is that what's no going are we calling the people <laughs> <laughs> oh dang bruno is but... <laughs> nah bruno's old enough he's not a threat to you <laughs> Uh, okay, Nathan, for you, what is the pod you want to see for Maximum Chaos? <laughs> I mean, I want what I really want is I want Germany, Poland, and France in one pod together, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, like, that's literally impossible. That's what I. That's what I want. I mean, because are you doing they've the all draw? called each other out? If I'm doing the draw, no, <laughs> I'm not. In fact, doing the draw. I slept, and somehow pods. Spain were in pool one, and France weren't. <laughs> I mean, I would do that to France just for funsies. Um, actually, I'd do it to Germany just for the entertainment value of them getting really upset with me later. But um, I think ideally, I just want Innes to play again. Innes and Team Scotland, obviously. Sorry. Um, to play Canada. That's my current ideal dream. I don't think we've ever lost to Canada, just for what it's worth. 
I mean, it doesn't matter if you've ever lost to Canada before. I think also getting one of the new teams into that pod would be fun. Either I think New Zealand is probably the strongest of those four teams based on my knowledge of who's on those teams. Uh, then I have to pick one more team. Luxembourg, because I like the members of that team. They're all nice people. There you go. Yeah. That's that would be a fun team to watch that pod happen. I mean, I think the maximum chaos pod in terms of like anybody could win it is probably like <laughs> Canada, Finland, Italy, and then like New Zealand or one of the stronger UN teams, but probably New Zealand. Yeah, that could be interesting. Where sure. I could see I could see something like I could see some upsets happening there. I think Contact Lost forgot that I'm playing in the tournament, but they asked. They said that they'll accept Nathan as a chaperone during the draw. I can just turn around mid game and yell at the screen <laughs> each draw. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a good time. All right, I'm going to turn this off. It's going to be great. And the other question right. is, have you sent have you sent all of your uh, your player pictures to Tomek is the actual question. Tell Tomek that uh, they will be with him by Friday. Okay. I was going to say Canada should have sent everything a week or two ago. I, I'm still trying to get my guys to actually write their names out. So. I'm just publicly shaming random team people. No, my, that's all. That's my favorite by far was uh, we have uh, Max, who is an absolutely lovely fellow, uh, runs a game store out in uh, Quebec, and uh, he's been doing our social media for us. So anytime you see, sorry, I just saw the other one. <laughs> Damn it, Nathan! I can't look at my. Screen. Can you please, <laughs> Nathan? Can you please Photoshop those and replace them with water balls? Like I can't show that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> we can share Mike Porter's. Porter's is all right. Orders is great. All right. Anyways, um, yeah. So it's one of these things where he's been doing all of our social media. He's been doing a really good job of it because he's been doing it for the last year or so. Uh, he's been doing posts every now and then. He wanted to do player profiles like hockey card style, uh, trading cards that you do for like. I don't know if you do, if it's a thing in Europe. Actually, it's more. I I know the Americans do it. Um, they're here for like foot for like football. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't sure if football players had did like you know, and then you have like rookie cards. Yeah, we not. have like mat, match attacks or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Hockey card collection is huge over here. Um, there's a ridiculous amount of money in it. Anyways, so um, Max wanted to make up hockey cards for everyone, uh, and so asked us like photos, and then for each of the players to fill out like a quick little blurb about themselves. Um, and <laughs> hilariously, at one point. Um, Chris hops into one of our team chats and it's like, hey, everyone needs to fill this out. And I, 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 I already know what's happening here because I open it up and him and Bruno, our captain and assistant captain, are the only players who haven't filled out their information. Every other player has filled their stuff out. Chris fills his out quickly. And because Bruno didn't fill his out in time, uh, Max ended up posting a made up one, which was beautiful, like just absolutely beautiful and i'm going to very quickly pull this up while we talk about other things um but basically it was just like this is what happens when you don't listen to your social media guy because things get very silly very fast yeah if anybody's not filled this out by friday i'm gonna just let matty do it for them and matty's an agent of chaos so yeah i mean as you've seen by the team england ones that i've shown you um Agent I'm assuming not sent in all of those photos, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually think it was. I think Team England is just drunk on confidence. <laughs> on our confidence. I can't wait to see which, which of England and America don't make top five this year. Def it's gonna be definitely S-tier in confidence. We'll see if that it, it pans out to ability or not. Well, there's no S in England. That's all I'm saying. Uh, there is an L, though, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, 
Team USA's are also pretty funny. At least Sean's is. Yeah. I actually can't find it because it seems like he took it down. But uh... Sean is the only like Sean is the only funny person on Team America. So I'm assuming every single other one is as serious is like as serious as a funeral. So I mean Sean Naden says 36 question mark next to his age. So I don't know. That's fair. How old is that? <laughs> All right, guys. Should we do the plugs and then move on to show questions? Yes. Cool. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us for another hour of StatCheck so far. Uh, we really appreciate all of you guys all being here. If you'd like to support us, there's a couple of ways you can help us out with that. First is by checking out our sponsor at red-dragon.ca. Uh, there you can get uh, really cool StatCheck merch and a bunch of other stuff, um, as well as 4K stuff uh, in Canada. They do ship internationally. If you are a member of the StatCheck Discord, you can get access to the discount code there. I believe it's 15%, but uh, don't quote me on that. It's 15% off nodding. everything that, right. that you can get shipped internationally pretty much as far as i know yeah so um, if you are uh, on the member... patreon website patreon page for anyone who yeah. keeps asking me where it is yeah so uh, if you go to patreon.com slash that check you can get access to our patreon discord there as well as the discord code for red dragon which is a great place to get all your store all your stuff it also supports us you can also get our merch there that stuff like dice and objective markers we're also looking at getting objective coins done and some other cool stuff like that for people who have to play uh, deploy surface skulls in the ritual which apparently is all of us at the singles so i'm gonna have to get some of those sorted or you could use them as like battle shock tokens or whatever i'm assuming there's you know, lots of things you could do with them uh so do check that out um otherwise youtube is the best place to be for that it's youtube.com slash c slash stat check for for our money it's the best place to watch the show uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast episode uh, it's much better with the facial reactions and the visuals and all that cool stuff um and if you could it would really help us out if you could chuck us a like a comment uh a subscription whatever helps um, anything like that just really helps us out with discoverability getting out there and just growing the channel and being able to do more of the cool stuff that you guys enjoy um chuck a comment on the most recent video it's the biggest thing that helps us out um doesn't really matter what it says we all we care about is that our name is in your mouth not really what you're saying <laughs> Sorry, you can laugh at that. That was meant to be. It was meant to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> I think I've broken Nathan. Normally, it's me that breaks at this bit. Instead, I'm just talking nonsense. Um, this is the most non-chuffed uh, plug section that you've done so yeah. far. You can also check out our other another one of our sponsors, Saltar Games, on their Etsy store, which I don't have a I don't know the name for, but it's in the description. You can get access to a bunch of stuff like uh, tokens and measuring gauges and stuff like that. It's best if you're in the UK, but I've definitely seen people put international shipping on it, and it's not too egregious. Um, I will probably do a bulk order for the StackJet guys to distribute at the WTC itself. So we'll see what happens there. I know Jeremy and Jeremy's mentioned that already. Um, what else is there? Uh, we're live on Goonhammer. Uh, if you check out the articles on Goonhammer, you can uh, check that out and like see the link to it and you know it, it's good for us to like link through there um so if you didn't know we have posted there as well that's about all i've got the other things are there are two other shows on the network and the matrix and xm one do check those out they are both excellent shows about different aspects of 40k whether that's teams or playing 40k with commitments uh for those respectively uh, i think xm one is next live a week on thursday should be because like, they were uh, just live this past weekend or yeah, in week. about nine days from now um, and the last thing is stat-check.com slash coaching, where you can get access to all the coaching by myself and Typhus. Uh, Nathan, we didn't actually have you on the show to talk last week. Do you want to have a brief thing about what the coaching session with what coaching session was like that we did on air? Yeah, the coaching session with Innis was great. Um, I definitely did have a moment where Innis was like, so you do the thing that you say that you want your opponent to do when you're playing against him. And I think I broke psychologically when he told me that. Um, so if you want to watch me get broken down psychologically, but also learn a lot about being a better player and kind of what coaching is about, it was very useful. Um, I've been trying to put it into practice in my practice games with that list leading up to Clash. So go watch that, though, because it's really interesting and kind of will also just give you a good perspective on how you should analyze your game, regardless of if you pay for coaching or not. 
but also it's a good sign that coaching is a good value proposition if you're trying to get good. You're not allowed to say that. Don't don't say that. Um, anyway, no. that is it for the plugs. I really hope you guys are enjoying the show. I'm going to run and refill my water, uh, and then Protected. we can. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go refill my water and then we will get on to the show questions. And one last thing, David, you said, hey, sleep on NZ all you want. I literally said that I thought you were the best of the full four teams. You don't get to be mad at me for that. That's mean. <laughs> I definitely can't have David mad at me anyways. That's just not allowed. I mean, he might just like not deliver like half your army and just be like, yeah, you get this half and you wouldn't know it's not 2,000 points. <laughs> and that'd be great. I love how that worked out from YouTube, by the way. That made me very happy. That is very funny. <laughs> well, I'm going to go refill my water. I'll be back in two minutes. Um, I, I keep getting more, by the way, images from the various, um, team player cards from Tomic over time. So I got Sean Nadens and I got Jack Harpster where he's wearing two Santa hats. Nice. I think it's, I think it's two Santa hats. It might be three Santa hats. Yeah. So if anyone is, in, is wondering why I put this up, this is a half screened off, uh, photo of the top prize for this weekend's event. This is a full-sized Emperor's Shield. As you can see at the bottom of the image, there is a lion model. Interesting. Uh, for scale. Um, yeah, so... You reckon you could drop that on the line and he passes through a bottom will save and be fine? I don't know about this. It tends to ignore modifiers. It might it might end it. I think Richard has plus one to, to wound from the blunting damage. Uh, so it's trade. I don't know. I guess... Shield. I can't say I'm not English, so I can't be a jerk and say it's coming home or something like that. <laughs> Definitely not going to win this shield, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the one of the locals to the event, uh, Hammerstruck Smithing, has been working his butt off for this. Uh, we commissioned him to do it after the kopesh that he made for All Is Dust back in March that Anthony took home. Uh, we would rather another American not take this one home because the shipping starts to add up. I'll just make it my baggage. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm gonna take home is a shield. That's all it's like. So just carrying your baggage home on your shield. True. Maybe the bag just fits in the shield. All also, isn't this the saying Nathan come home with the shield or on it? Oh, I don't think I'm good enough to be able to say that with any amount of confidence. Uh, especially since we got a uh, notification that a uh, friend of the show, TJ Lanigan, is going to be there this weekend. Oh hell yeah, good for him. Well, now I'm especially not winning. <laughs> Well, that's another person with a golden ticket who can place above you and not matter. It's true. I believe there are six or seven attendees that already have their golden ticket. So that's like half the field. So it's like 10% of the field, yeah. I think. Something like that. <laughs> it, it not only that's is the biggest that. concentration of tickets being awarded to winners, but it's the biggest concentration of ticket holders at a event in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Brian and I went to a GT, went to an eight-person RTT together. All right, yeah, you made up twenty-five percent of the. Of the <laughs> I mean, Innis and Brian just make up that much of the Scottish wow. the situation. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were going a very different direction with that for a second. Well, I was going to say the other six were sheep, but that's okay too. I suppose we were fifty percent by volume, but <laughs> I'm not going to fat shame anybody today. Didn't say anything was shameful about it. I worked hard for this figure. I <laughs> cultivated it. Look, I got a TikTok recently on my TikTok account about the like those fry boxes, um, where it's like fried pizza and stuff like that. I just want to. Did you just admit on air to having a TikTok account? Ian? how old are you? Yeah, I have a TikTok account. I don't know. What do you want from me? I use the app without better without it without it. Gotta account. stay young somehow in this. I don't know. <laughs> and watching fourteen-year-olds dance is how you do that. That is, in fact, not what's on my TikTok in this. 
But it does cool. say a lot about your TikTok in this. <laughs> Imagine having TikTok. Jesus Christ. Ben Jurek, these women's um, trophies are making air travel difficult. That's why we ship them. That's all right, Ben. There's no there's no prizes for WTC that are worth that you would have to worry about bringing back. So, uh, the best painted prize last year was pretty awesome. Yeah, but America's the winning that. What the fuck are you on about? Hey, some of us paint really well. You're not playing for Team America. What? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Let's do short questions before I have an aneurysm. Okay. Chaz asks, <laughs> what's everyone's suggestions, tips, and tricks for TOs and terrain? Having run tournaments for 7th and 9th, I find 10th a tricky one to navigate. For casual games, is it just City Fight from now on in? Yeah, just play just play City Fight boards. Like, just put 15 runes on a board and, like, make them symmetrical and, like, struggle bus it. It's fine. Uh, I, I got no other, I got no better answer, fortunately. Jeremy? No, not really. <laughs> we bought um, just buy WTC terrain yeah. and like it gives you enough ruins to do everything. A lot of it's modular. Like you can take off top floors and stuff like that if you hate it. And you can always like stack them together and stuff like that. If you feel like it's too much terrain, um, then take a piece off until you feel like the game is the amount of terrain that you and your opponent think it should be. Like, have a conversation with your opponent about how much terrain should be on the table for the game. And then add, like, if they're a night player, just add, like, three to their suggestion on each side. Yes, there's definitely some times where you're playing against, like, a player and they get to, a like, a store first and they take, like, half the terrain they should have because they're playing Tower Knights. Yeah, no, and I, I will kind of reiterate on that. One of the things, again spoiled because we have people who we have we have dan locally who listens to us when we ask for things and dan who has been busting his back over the last three weeks making sure that we have terrain for clash um yeah realistically like the wtc um it can be a little pricey but i don't think it actually is when you look at how much they charge for like the eight sets or if yeah or if you you know make a deal with a chick um but go for um wayland yutani the, the the kits are nice. You can even customize them um, if you're doing them for your local. Remember store. to search Will and Jutani 40k, not just Will and Jutani. You'll get very different. <laughs> you will. If you're if you're looking for it in the United States, you can always message me, and I can put you in touch with somebody who makes WTC sets yes. as well. Yeah, there's a bunch of approved resellers on the WTC website as well that you can check out. Yep. Yeah, there's there's right. definitely good opportunities. But yeah, Nick asks, pick one: retire from 40k to play OS, or you play 40k only on the FLG field based layout. Uh, I'm playing AOS, AOS yeah. every day. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not playing on the garbage FLG boards ever again. You cannot make me. I'd retire to AOS. At least the models are nicer. I would just play that Manticore from Sigmar. Just like four of them. Like, that's fine. <laughs> I like it. Jeremy? Uh, I'd retire from 40K. It's... I love 40K, but not that much. Yeah, field base yeah. is pain. I mean, who knows? Maybe. But does my opponent know we're playing on field base? Like, if I show up to a UKTC event, like, the curse just, like, makes it field base? Yeah, but it's only. Like, <laughs> eventually, your reputation will precede you. You'll get away with that for, like, one event. Yeah, but, like, are they going to build just in case they play me? Like, they're going to red card you, Ennis. You're just never going <laughs> to play anymore. Look, I'm assuming it's a curse, and I'm just, like, protected from repercussions for this. No, definitely not. And I, I'll just, yeah. like You also play if, Brad if I, if, like, my board magically changes. Okay, I'm hard. Like I'm done. I'm sorry. Uh, that was on industrial terrain, not on field. Could have been worse. No, it couldn't. And I would significantly rather play on field based than industrial. Oh yeah, so you got those little holes in the walls. They the weren't on all the sets. The 
please, I, please don't make me remember Alvio. Let's, let's move. How would you describe the different re regional U.S. matches? Well, Nathan doesn't travel, and neither of us play in the U.S. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> flying. You don't like travel within the U.S. Two days. <laughs> you don't travel within the U.S. for tournaments, Nathan. You play That's... in Chicago and Chicago accessories. And LVO. And LVO. And apparently and, random Canadian events in the middle of Seattle. nowhere. Yes, but that's not the America. That's fine. It's fair. And it's fair. I don't travel to that many events. Yeah. I just look at stats all the time. <laughs> that's all I do. Are we seeing distinct global region matters developing yet? We have had 35 tournaments. Give it some time. Yeah. We don't know. Yet. We are tracking reg the regions now. We are tracking countries now, so you can actually filter those. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Come back at like the end of August, and we'll do a little regional meta breakdown. Probably, maybe. finally, I'll I'll start doing region tier lists when I do my when I do my meta breakdowns. I love it. We can start making some rivalries happen for next. We start inflaming people. Yeah. Um, what's the best way as a player, as a TO, and as a community to deal with an opponent who cheats as the other player? Get a judge involved. If I, if I could solve that problem, I would have done it years ago. Get a judge involved I mean, early and often. You, that. If it's Benching your Discord. community, like figure out what you want your punishment policy to be and like stick to it. Like, don't do any of this weird, we don't have rules, we kind of make them up as we go bullshit that happens in a lot of communities. Make a TO group, talk to your TO group, and make sure that you punish people in a, like a uniform fashion and make sure everybody knows about a punishment. But at the same time, I will say, keep those things within the group there is no need for witch hunts when it comes to dealing with it if someone has been addressed as a, as a problem matter it doesn't need to go beyond that because you talk with the person you say you're no longer welcome at these events until you reform your behavior the tos are all in agreement and that person just stops showing up and by and large the community's happy because it looks like something has been done without it turning into a this person is yes. mm, yeah, you don't need ban lists of people, but you can internally let the other people in your community who run events know that you've banned a person. Which is exactly what we do up here in Ontario. We have a community group. We keep track of players. <laughs> there is only a handful of players that have ever reached that point. Um, and I can actually say with gratitude that one of those players has recently started playing again. Um, and they're a joy to play. Which is exactly what you Did want. Christy that long a break? <laughs> I never miss an opportunity to rag on Chris. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I love, man. This, this is, this is the uh, WTC is definitely creating some much more defined <laughs> trash talk. Look, man, when you're Scotland, you got to punch up to like the best you can, right? I mean, when it is just you and Brian punching, yes, I understand. Okay, just gonna um, random shade at Scotland. What's the best drink way? to forget the pain? What kind of pain? I don't know. Emotional. I'm going to state specifically that it's not free vodka in Poland because all that does is create new pain. Um, <laughs> and I may have done some shit I shouldn't have in Poland. So let's like, it's not vodka. It's not vodka and Coke. I can confirm that. Uh, you could have at least used a decent mixer with it. It was Pepsi, but whatever. Um, That's worse. That's worse, actually. It's not. It's like <laughs> European Pepsi. It's different to the stuff you guys have over there. No, it's, it's very, not. It is very, very much is. Speaking from experience, it's still not better. Um, <laughs> I mean, old fashioned. to forget the pain. I mean, I like I like a nice rum and coke. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna just 
drink to forget a little bit of stuff. <laughs> nice rum and coke is my go-to for when I actually just want to chill, relax, and forget about my day is uh, probably Crown Royal and ginger ale. So whiskey ginger. That's a good choice. I like that one. I know if I'm just trying to forget, it's Long Island iced teas until I just pass out in a corner somewhere. <laughs> That's a good shout, actually. Yep. Something that just tastes great and you don't have to worry about much else. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> cocktails all day long. Nice, nice, something nice and fruity that I'll do. You'll do tequila um, sunrises until you wake up the next morning. Tequila rises and rises until it's until you until you wake up at sunset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, this show is for eighteen plus. If you are under eighteen, please do not drink. Uh, or twenty one in the U.S. because your laws are archaic. Um. Thoughts on Demon's high win rate and zero tournament wins? Just a gatekeeper for good players to easily knock down, depending too much on coin flips and passing four ups and six inch charges. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that highlights everything. Um, they get countered real well by the top three armies right now. Yeah, imagine like being an army that has to get within charge range of a thousand suns army, where when you go into charge range of a thousand suns army, it like flips three dials and goes to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like, no, thank you. We did have one okay. person who came really close. Um, at Tacoma, um, who was running big boy time, I think it was. Yeah, and then he bounced into custodies and got big boy times off. Oh yeah, uh, and then he also lost to uh, to Eldari in the like consolation round. Brutal. Got sent to big boy timeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there's a decent amount of legs in like the the three the four check-ins in Balakor list. I think it's completely reasonable to like four and one with. I think you'll struggle to win a tournament with any level of consistency. <clears throat> Just it doesn't. It's too short ranged. It's too not enough firepower. Too reliant on combat. In an addition that doesn't really reward you for being all of those things, and actively makes it detrimental to too many armies for you to reliably have consistent matching to the top level. Yeah, and sometimes gunline armies will just close that gap and you die. Yep. Logan asks, "What makes the best minions? Zombies, skeletons, or crafted monstrosity?" Uh, I'd actually argue it's um, stat check patrons. Um... <laughs> God damn. <laughs> They do make the best cultists. If only we could 3D scan them to make cultist models for Anthony. I mean... And then just give them little V8 brands or something. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just about killed Innis. If Um, if we knew that Anthony was playing CSM or had, or uh, like two months ahead of an event, that we could actually do that. We could have... We could probably convince enough people to scan their head and print models of them. Yeah, exactly. It would not be cheap, but... It would be funny. I think there's one of the mini companies for D&D miniatures does that for you. Uh, actually, yes, they do. Um, Honestly, I think, would it be funnier to have like a bunch of that or just like 50 of Jeremy? <laughs> 50 Jeremy's would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. 50 Jeremy's and one Nathan to be the squad sergeant. <laughs> Alex House says, I've got access to a handheld New Zealand scanner. I'm not saying that we should do that at WDC with every team captain, but I'm not saying we should and do like and just like apply for the apply for the for approval recommendation next year of just like oh, on it's a unit of racks in that situation, actually. I think it's, it's a WTC racks, but you're asking racks. for exaction squad approval. <laughs> but Lim, your face is on this one. <laughs> yes, and I do like you played <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on. Have you played non-S-tier armies into Krons? The feedback from everyone I've seen playing Visa them so far was, ugh, that was the worst game of 40k because the Necron Graveyard was zero models. 
Yes, Necrons are one of the gatekeepers and one of the things that is causing this trafication of 40 armies. Part of the mm -hmm. reason we're seeing that big middle where there's like 10 armies that are sitting between 45 and 55 and 11 armies that are just, or like 11 or 12 armies that are just below 45 percent rate is because they just can't punch up. They, they can't deal with the Necron tankiness, the Custodes durability and damage output, the Marine Desolation Marine shooting your, uh, the thousands on the direct, and like all of those factions you gatekeep for one reason or another. And the armies that can compete in some ways or with some of them are in that that 45 to 55 and the ones that can't are below it and those games are not fun they're exactly as unfun as playing gse into one of the like middle armies is yeah that 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 sounds about right um i mean i played custodes in the necrons custodes aren't technically an s tier right now um and blew through two lich guard bricks but that was very much a touch and go for a while there necrons are hard aren't they're like definitely one of those armies where you shoot them and then it feels like nothing dies repeatedly or i definitely did just or they all die at once <laughs> like the two the two poles are you never they never die or they just all go away <laughs> or your goon hammers james grover and you watch a lich guard brick disappear to a single acolyte squad activation with the bombs that feels it, like it's disgusting that it shouldn't it goes happen. On average, and you can have that five. Feels of above average, yeah, for the it's not above average, but it's it's just that slight bit above average where he went. He was like, if I'd had one model left, I could have reanimated two d three plus one wounds, and then I wouldn't, or three d three plus one wounds, and I wouldn't be in this problem right now. Yeah, but then the squad's still going to die to the second bomb squad. Yeah, you know I, mean. I, I was definitely looking at Bortel's list. Uh, Bortel at the table, and he's like, I don't know what to do with the second unit now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just throw it at something else. Just do it twice. Okay. I don't know. If one has a problem and owns too many armies, what is the optimal storage solution for containing all the painted models without damaging them all? No idea. I just damaged my models. Yeah, so I'm not gonna lie. I, I put the armies that I care about on display, and everything else ends up in bins. I, I use like top, like um, really useful boxes, but like That's what I a lot too. of stuff slips around and slides around when you move them about. Uh, it can be awkward. Um, foam is like reasonable display shelves is obviously the best but some stuff's just going to get damaged you just gonna have to work around it protect the stuff I you use, can or go I expensive really, and put stuff in form and things like that i use really useful tubs but i put metal sheets in them and put magnets in my bases that's the smartest thing to do i'm about like 15 years of hobby of not doing that away from being able to do that like if i could go back in time it really I takes like that, a but weekend, i'm not bud. i'm not it takes a dude, weekend you dude i have like five thousand models out in that garage i just i'm not buying that many magnets <laughs> fair um if gw or oh, favorite bad movie oh what is it um the one with with so in it what's that movie called the room the room yeah that's my favorite bad movie rocky horror I really don't that's another good bad movie what, what what I don't know what constitutes a bad film. I'm too more. I'm too. You're too zoomer. Too young for this question. Uh, I'm not a zoomer. Fuck you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nathan's the one on TikTok. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is the Scooby Doo movie considered a bad movie? I'll go with that one. Um, wow. <laughs> that, that movie was pretty terrible, but it's also quite fun. So let's go with that. Like the one with like the, the weird alien monsters that like possess people's bodies and stuff. Yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. I think that okay. qualifies as a bad movie. We'll go with that. It's the one that came to mind. If GW emergency patches the two scary big bad guys, will the meta be no. fixed? No, we've just no. talked about that. It'll be better. Definitely better. No, it won't. 
it'll be better because there'll be like I don't, 10 armies that can compete with each other and then 10 garbage armies and it'll be like seventh edition and then you have Chris Jones and Imperial Knights up here going hi and T-Sun's just below that the, the fact that you're I don't think that's better for sure it's not better it's not better if it's five factions instead of three it, it objectively <laughs> kind of is like in terms of percentage wise it's definitely better it's not better in a way that's good but it's like 30 percent instead of 10 percent, and i'll take that okay um do any of you have a holy grail model that you'd like to own one day but haven't been able to find afford or justify the purchase one of those old metal thunderhawks just seems kind of fun to own mostly because it's like historical memorabilia at this point also i don't know how you like assemble it and keep it together i've watched more than a more than a few people will assemble those and a lot of J-Bond, a lot of pinning. The Squidmar one, Squidmar video of them assembling it is genuinely insane. Yes. Um, Especially for me, they assembled it, painted it, and then shipped it. So for me, it's the the four-drawled metal, the four-drawled um, resin hive tyrant with wings. Because, But oh. the worst thing is, is that I have one, and I built it without wings because I needed it for a tournament. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I need to get a second one so I can build it with wings. I will say a Warlord Titan would be fun, though. Like, just as a build. It seems so unplayable. Me, I would I would like to own uh, some I mean, that's not meant to be played. Well, That'd be something I'd get commission painted, so, like, somebody does freehand freaking armor panels or something for its legs. Just imagining me doing that with, like, water dry brush and contrast. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it kind of is a Holy Grail model in that regard, so I would agree with that, but for me, it'd probably be a Warhound because I can actually field it right now. That's true. Unless you're at the WTC. Not a real faction. Um, anything else that's just like a general. <laughs> oh man, that there's like a bunch of second edition squat models that are kind of neat. I think all those are kind of cool. At some point, I should try and get like a second edition hype turn as well. I have like all the other ones, and I don't have the second edition one yet. So at some point, I'll probably try and get one. Um, but I mean, I'll just get told I can't use it at WTC, so why bother? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, when is WTC list submission? Are list public to see afterwards? If so, how do you see them? WC list mission is this Friday. List should be public as of Saturday, although we'll be going through list checks, so they will be subject to change. Uh, and anyone can see them on Best Coast Pairings. The event is called W is called World Team Championship 2023. Uh, you can just go and look at it. Uh, which top country do you think will underperform at WC this year and miss the top 10? And which lesser known country will break into the top 10? I could see New Zealand breaking into the top 10. I could see New Zealand doing that too. I can't wait. I, I, one of America and England isn't going to do it this year. They're just going to show the I'm picking England to fall out of the top ten. I don't think it's likely, but I think I think that would be the story. thing that would happen. That would be the most most 40k thing because 40k is so much about hubris that I think it just applies to England. It also means Nass would have to get a tattoo, which would also amuse me. I won't lie. I almost don't want it to happen because I don't want Nas to have to get a tattoo because I don't think he's like technically allowed to. Anthony was very smart about it. It's a single thought. That's all it is. Yeah, but I it still, look like I a mole. Know, like That's the, all it is. The principle of thing. I want to protect the boy. I want to protect my poor boy. So he's did it. He's I done that it himself. His hubris has has yeah, done that. I'm, I'm still on team anyone but England, but I would like anyone but England and America to do worse. That's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> Like England cannot win, but also England. Like I would be okay with like England were like seventh in America eight. That's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> I will say I would cheer the loudest if either Canada or Scotland won. Like oh, I would, I would be at the front for that. 
And do you know what? All the pigs that are flying around the room will, will cheer. I know. And that's also reasonable. But I'm just saying that I would cheer loudly. It turns out that 10 other teams got food poisoning on day two. <laughs> just I'm ignore Nathan passing the out the sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're gonna have every team that we play sharing that, uh, sharing a, sharing a wee, a wee shot of haggis with us, and see if no, we can break. A shot of how do you make a wee shot, shot of haggis? We <laughs> put some haggis in a glass and make people darn it. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, liquid haggis, like somebody blended haggis and blended like blended haggis smoothie. <laughs> we'll just give everybody a haggis bonbon. That's that's what it'll be. A haggis bonbon. Just give everybody a haggis bonbon that you want. There you go. Okay. Um, our Atlanta jackals and that and jackalafas with probably actions a scam. Do you ever play more than 10? They do sure feel, do sure feel good going first, but fold like wet paper. Yes, they're a scam. No, don't run them. Just they're not, they're not, they're not good. Yeah. They're they're so fragile. They're they are playable. Like you will not make your list actively like lose games by playing them, but you will like it will be harder to win some games, and the games you lose, you will lose harder because you have jackals, is probably my feeling on them. Uh they just don't really do enough. Um what would be the best way to run a, le- a league in a local game store in 10th? Would you do random matches using the Leviathan deck or some sort of set missions? I would probably just like recommend a, a mission for a round and be like, hey, play a game with this mission and these conditions on roughly this terrain, like whatever your local store has, and yep. just give people like a week to play a game or two weeks to play a game and see how it goes. Like there, there's a lot of ways to do it though, and your mileage will vary depending on your community hugely. Um, some communities will want to play, will have a bigger appetite, some people will have a smaller. Um, I know Crusade Leagues are fairly popular if you want to add like a bunch of paperwork to playing 40k and like be Nathan. Um, or you can do escalation leagues. Like there's a tons, there's tons of way to do it, and your miles are varied depending on how competitive your community is, how much the appetite is there, whether people are starting with big armies or starting with small armies. Like there's lots of lots of ways to to work it. You should set standards though. Like definitely like create some uniform standards and just keep it that way if you're gonna do it. It's easier to force everybody to use the same terrain, especially rather than having some tau player put one ruin on a table and then say it's okay and then get in a fight with their opponent about it. No, that sounds hilarious. You should definitely do that. Okay. Um, what's the best way to become the master of your own mind? Um, Meditation. No idea. <laughs> Not there yet. Do some mindfulness. Take a take I feel that like this is a reference or something. I'm sure it is, but I'm ignoring it. I feel like what you should do is you should feel a deep-rooted sense of shame for your wargaming, and that'll it's probably something <laughs> no, like that. No, stop that. <laughs> no. Um, I will say being, I have no idea, man. I'm not. I'm not there myself. So if anybody figures it out, tag me. The next okay. question: What's the wackiest list you've considered throwing on the table? Oh, whatever Ameri- whatever Canada's list for uh, Space Marines is, it's the shit list <laughs> I've ever considered. I'd be really <laughs> curious to see how close it is to the Scottish Space Marines list. Yeah, it's probably because Francois ripped it straight out of the Marines chat when I was posting about it. Copy, isn't it? Mimicry is the sincerest form of flattery, imitation. or something like that. Imitation, there you go. Mimicry, thinking mimicry because he's been talking about birds so much. It's true. <laughs> I just want to say that's the thing about those that has surprised me the most because I did it as like a freaking joke once, and then everybody's like, Where are my bird questions, Nathan? And I was like, I guess you all get bird questions. Hell yeah. I'm glad I didn't do a show now. I like Chris do it instead. Yeah. And after all, good artists, I didn't borrow, do great artists steal. Contact Lost did do a Scotland episode. They did it with Chris. They did, but I wasn't there for it. Exactly. I didn't do um, Canada, Scotland, or Australia. 
Okay. Um, the actual wacky stuff on the table, I very, very nearly played Harrod and Crusher Stampede, which I still think is like the wackiest that was ever a real list in tournaments. I played into that. That was very silly. It's a silly list, yeah. The fact that it was viable is hilarious as well, but it's definitely mm -hmm. wildly, wildly um, wacky. Like. I mean, for me, I love that model. The two, and these actually more just stand out to me because I watched them play at Tacoma, was one was the double Hierophant list. It was on stream. Could it move? Oh, yeah. Could it move? Barely. <laughs> on GW Train. <laughs> GW Train, it can because yeah. there's a whole bunch of sections that are less uh, that are described prescribed to be less than four inches, and because it also measures the hull now, so it doesn't have to deal with the whole like big, big, big ass base thing. Yeah, but it's also kind of weird because it's got the spindly. Yeah, it looks cool on the table, is what I'll say. Very, especially when it plays in Marines, very Starship Troopers. Um, and then the other one was the triple Seraptic uh, heavy construct. Those models are rad. I did almost take triple test rack vault and the deceiver to a WTC. Nice. That would have been which cool. would have been very difficult to fly with, and I'm really glad I didn't have to do that. <laughs> Necrons have some great models. They do. It's just those two, though. Okay, uh, Ines, what was your favorite Polish food? I am not gonna lie, wasn't a huge fan of Polish food. Uh, it did not agree with me. I don't do mystery like things inside. When I got a plate of pierogies, it was like difficult because there would be like three that I would eat and seven that I wouldn't, and I would be, like, cutting them in half and snipping them, and it was not pleasant. I did not enjoy it. So I mostly stopped to look. I'm the white, whitest white bread of food people on the planet. I really struggle with food. It's just a, a bad experience for me all around. I, For as much as I enjoy eating, I do not enjoy eating a diverse range of things, uh, and it's a real problem, but one that I am not really equipped to deal with. So I uh, did not eat a ton of Polish food, unfortunately. Um, Poland, who is your favorite? What is your favorite? Ennis, I assume it's like the music guy that comes up. If you actually Google my name, um, uh, for me, it's uh, the, now I gotta Google it's this. It's the Diablo 4 boss that I died to multiple times trying to kill. So I have never killed Jeremy, so that is, I understand why he would prefer <laughs> the other guy to me. Um, technically, Ennis, you're the first result. Ennis Wilson, the, the person for Freightliner, is the second result. Oh, hell yeah, I've gone up. Uh, <laughs> so things get weird here because when I search for Ennis, um, we have a road named Ennis in my city. You have to search Ennis Wilson. Just searching Ennis is going to like, like, yeah, like, I, I, do, I don't I think that'll get him. I'll just get it with like Wilson's. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I got it. No, it's Ennis Wilson and his opposition is the band. <laughs> I get the Ennis Wilson, which oh, is yeah. an Americana folk rock band. From Guelph, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> is that that's different to Ennis Wilson's Freightliner, which is another Americana folk rock band? Uh, yes. <laughs> From a different part of Canada. Uh, no, actually, it appears to be. I'm now double checking. It is the same. It's just that they just oh. go by Ennis Wilson on Facebook, <laughs> but on on Instagram they are Ennis Wilson's Freightliner. Uh, okay. Oh, because Freightliner is the name um, of their album. Uh, Ennis Wilson and his opposition is what comes is what comes up on YouTube if you search for my name. So. Um, for some drama, do you guys think the strict WT modeling restrictions is needed or wanted by the players? It seems needlessly draconian. I fully agree, and I actually appealed the process in the WTC captain's chat, and uh, some teams backed me, and a bunch of teams ignored it because they're scared of the refs. Um, there is, I will say, go for it. Jeremy. I'm assuming Chris is just not there, so oh, I was gonna say, I as an outsider looking at it for the first time, it seems needlessly draconian. I get setting a standard because. Some of the models that you see in that modeling chat are not good representations of the models they're supposed to represent. <laughs> well, a lot of them are like, 
very clearly like good enough under 99% of circumstances that there's no reason why it should be. But also Whistlewig is kind of a myth a little bit. As long as it's not confusing, it's usually fine. Yeah. So my... get the WZ where WYSIWYG is if you're called if your demo charge print doesn't have a knife when it should have a knife, it's not legal. And that one was the one that drove me nuts. I was like, the model doesn't have a knife on the real model. How the fuck are you going to make him have a knife? So my my general feelings on this is that there does need to be a modeling standard. We should hold the hobby to a fairly high standard, especially the WTC. The intention behind all of this is to minimize confusion at the table. However, it does feel like it's gotten a little too far, um, especially with some of the requirements where one of the requirements in the model submission guideline is to have a picture of the model that you want to represent next to the picture of the model that you are using, which for many people is... Look, I, I I converted an exaction squad because I can't buy them. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's it was going to be real know. fun to see people trying to get the line this year if that was a unit that was viable. Yeah, actually, that would have been it's, a huge challenge. It's terrible. Um, I think that there, and, and especially like exaction squads, I'm pretty sure that nearly every single national team is going to have one to two of them in every in, in their armies, in their like armies somewhere. And most countries can't find them or can't get them, so they're converting them, printing them, whatnot, and having them approved and it's just like look it's a it's a garden sized marine with a shotgun the um thousand nobody's gonna confuse wild to me for what it's worth being like yeah um the thousand sun sorcerer that in the app is just like an exalted sorcerer model i uh, know that needs to be the chaos space marine sorcerer on a farm mill your base it's like what the fuck yeah you can't use no the exalted sorcerer kit to make a guy not on a desk and be like no this is what you use like, yeah, so they're definitely... Despite that being the thing it recommends in the app for you to use. Yeah, Correct, although on the website it does say to use the Chaos Sorcerer for Thousand Suns, but yeah, it's there needs to be a bit more consistency, but I think that part of the challenge for sure is, the, is how quickly the meta... Well, it's not stable, but how quickly we've had to adapt to 10th edition and how quickly a lot of things have changed. Um means that some armies are scrambling for models that you just can't get. Um, same thing happened last year, but to a lesser degree. Uh, I do feel that they're being stricter this year and not always in the best way. But I will have to hand it to them. The judges are doing what is effectively a thankless job. They are putting in a lot of effort. Um, maybe if we had clear guidelines, they wouldn't have to put in as much effort. I do no, wish more I, people I, would follow the instructions. As yes, well. the number it's of like people that have submitted without instructions. <laughs> Bruno! <laughs> okay. Um, how sad do you think it is that your average Elder player is sleeping on Wraithguard? Are Elder players sleeping on Wraithguard? They definitely that are not. Like a thing. Okay. All I know is I traumatized um, Derek with Wraithguard. <laughs> something about Diablo 4. What are your wildest hopes for the FAQ this week? I have no hopes for the FAQ this week. It'll be typo really fixes sorry. and maybe a handful of mechanical clarifications at best. Because that's what surprise they... balance patch. That would be wonderful. I am not. <laughs> I mean, there is always the let's let's go just go for chaos two days before list sub if it comes out tomorrow. But no, I'd be there would, for. Would WTC take that two days before list sub? I think so. Yeah, I, think I mean, they've made it clear the rules deadline is Friday at eleven fifty nine GMT, which is the exact same deadline as the um, as the list sub. Just gonna just gonna email a bunch of people and be like, yes, do it. What do you think about FLG's homebrew towering rule? It seems fine. Seems fine. We talked about the impact on knights. We'll see uh, over uh, if if things don't otherwise change in the meta and FLG continues to use it. We'll continue doing the comparison as we add more events to see if it causes a meaningful change for specifically Eldarian Imperial knights. Yeah. 
if towering was no longer a thing, do you think the new GW train formats would be genuinely good? No, I, I already think they're genuinely good, even with towering being where it's at. Um, Knights performed about the same, maybe within a couple percentage points on the on the Tacoma terrain as anyone else. We had 360 players there. Oh, what was like? I, I get that you're like sure knights performed the same, but what was the go first win rate versus the go second win rate? What was the win rate into factions that weren't Eldar and Custodes? Yeah, can't so, with them on. I don't know what the go first win rate for knights was, but I know that the good go first rate for the event of which. I think it was like 15% night players or something crazy like that um, was 50%. Sure. But like how much of that's just the first round rolling is like being a coin flip. Like you just go first or you go second, right? No, no. Like the go first win rate was 50%. Yeah. But you know, if there's 50% of them as night players, 50% of the night players are going to go second and lose and 50% of them are going to go first and win. That's still a 50% win rate, yeah. but that's also not balanced. Yeah. It's a middle so, like, There's no way to know what that like, does every night matchup just end in a coin flip? I like, don't say there's no way to know. It just requires more work to know. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's impossible to say that because the, the night winner didn't change much, that it's healthy. All it could be is a normalization towards the mean, where a bunch of factions that could sudden, suddenly couldn't hang with them, but also could just rip knights to bits if they go first. Yeah, fair. With the very open terrain format. Like, there's, there's, you know, it's very difficult to make an assumption off of that based on very little data. Um, bunch of random garbage questions. Uh, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Both. Both, probably. But I, have, um, I honestly haven't been able to see either. I've heard really good things uh, about both movies. Um, I have same. a his history buff who like worked in a museum and whatnot who is obsessed about historical accuracy, do like a three-page review of Oppenheimer, and I read it all. I was like, he's actually really happy with this. Okay, I should go see it. Um, but I have no free time to go see movies. So, I think I'm going to go see Oppenheimer this weekend. My sister's home from england for a week so we're gonna go and see it but she's already seen barbie so i'm probably not gonna go see barbie yeah. uh i'll maybe catch that when it like hits streaming platforms or something or i'll go in but like between now and wc i'm gonna have time for one and oppenheimer seems more my speed so yeah i've heard really good things about it so yeah barbie looks fun as well just um i tried I to see it this weekend um and could you think of any I examples this last weekend. Oh, sorry, it sorry. was sold out nice it was sold out <laughs> I did see some stats that it's like the fifth biggest opening weekend of all time for like two films. Yeah. And it was like the yeah. biggest second, like Oppenheimer was like the second biggest um, debut, like the biggest second film of all time and stuff like that. Like it did really well on stats. Which um, good for them. Yeah, is a good sign. Yeah. Two, it's really cool to see two original films hanging and doing really well. Um, and then the last one is from Tomek of, can you think of any examples of fair play award worthy moments at the WTC? I am going to be honest, I didn't spend a whole bunch of time like observing other things at WC and I didn't hear a ton of stories about it, but uh, so I don't feel like I have a great answer for this. Yeah, I, I can't say that I do either. Like I watched a lot more games because I was coaching, um, but at the same time, it was always focused on, there was very little, you know, when you were observing. I would definitely say yeah. uh, Olivier and Jaime's game from the Warmasters semifinals was really, really well done, where uh, Jaime ended up timing out and Olivier gave him time to like finish out the game because he didn't want to win that way. Yeah. But, but that was in the singles, it wasn't in the teams. So it's hard to be like, but there was definitely some really cool moments there. Right. Anything super interesting in the chat? My chat is actually frozen. I've not seen anything for the past 20 minutes. Neither so no Mine also cool. is frozen. I'll go open. I'll open YouTube real quick. Give me two seconds. I don't know if like the live viewers, maybe the YouTube feed is broken on StreamYard because I the live viewers hasn't changed. It is frozen. Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff in it. Are we even? Close? But there's not questions. <laughs> legalize, legalize, Sprout is one of them. Um, 
which I agree with wholeheartedly. We should legalize Sprout. Uh, somebody's asking about the weaponization of microwave tea, which is Alex, who is crashing on my couch after WTC on his like worldwide tour. And I'm going to microwave him tea at some point during his stay. Just saying. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Uh, the top win percent armies obviously need fixed, but how does GW fix the Necron unkillable unit problem? Well, I mean, the first thing that you do is you errata that you can't reanimate crypto thralls. I was going to say that you actually make it so crypto thralls can't join units with uh, cryptex, that they can only join cryptex, but not with cryptex to units because that causes part of the problem. I would not let them join the glitch guard, and you'd probably be fine. Yeah, but... I think yeah, that's I what I was for me. To. I would. I think a single iteration of crypto thralls is fine. It's when you've killed the same crypto thrall twelve times that it becomes an issue. And it's fallen death every time. Yes. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of things that would make the Necrons, but broadly, I just think that like Reanimator probably needs to be like a six-inch aura or need line of sight or both. The minus one to wound on Lich Guard should probably only be against strength higher than toughness, so it doesn't work on you know like the fact that it worked on strength four weapons is bonkers for the resilience of that squad. Yeah. Um, I don't think then... Katan should be able to take fucking. The enhancements get that shit out of here that good man i i think that one's fine because well it's It's a 300 point unit man like chill it's not even 300 points actually it's 290 base and then is it not like 290 base 280 plus 10 for the ablator that really probably shouldn't be 10 points i'll give you that well if 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 that's the only if you can't take it on that then it's worth 10 points because nothing yes, else really I agree there. benefits that much from a four-up feeling of pain with all of the other leader in um, shenanigans that you have. So, sure. Um, but yeah, if if they take away that ability, then give it reanimation protocols to the transcend, and you're done. It doesn't have pre-animation protocols. I know. I'm not. just thinking. I was trying to think about the math of it in my head from half damage with reanimation protocols to regenerate. Well, the, I mean, all the other like teams have them. Have half damage and uh, reanimation protocols, and oh, then it should just have it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But if right now, yeah. if it did, and it, it should also definitely had not have all pain. three of those things at once. <laughs> yes. Please no. I, my brain was like trying to work through one thing at a time. Yeah, that thing definitely doesn't need reanimation protocols. Um. Cool. That is basically all I have. Uh, does anybody else have anything else? Given that we've been running for almost two hours and we're ostensibly only met drum for 90 minutes. I think we can be done. Yep. Cool. I hope this is has conveyed some part of how hyped we are all for WDC. Obviously, next week we're going to be live with the um like we'll have all the lists and we'll have all of the cool stuff. I think the goal is to try and do the fantasy draft live on air next week. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. because I think it's just better for engagement. Uh, and then we will I will try and do my best to get like a digital version that everybody can take part in online. And we may try and chuck like a small prize of that again this year. Um but I'll see what happens on terms of like getting that done. Obviously I'm gonna be super busy between WTC and that. So I think live on air we're gonna try and do our fantasy draft and we may allow chat to participate or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what we can do for that. Um but otherwise there'll be an on there'll be an online version that people can take part in for the Statue Discord. Um, otherwise, thank you so much, everybody, for being here with us for another almost two hours of StatCheck content. Uh, we really appreciate you guys all being here. If you've enjoyed the show, please do check out patreon.com slash StatCheck. Uh, that's the best place to support us. Get access to our Patreon Discord where you can ask all the wonderful questions that we have answered today uh, and be part of our community, which is really awesome. We are almost done with the round robin stage of the Vibe Check League, uh, which is ending pretty soon. 
Um, please do check out our sponsor, red-dragon.ca, for all of your 40k and other various hobby needs. And if you're one of our patrons, you can also get access to our 15% discount code. Do check out the other episode, the other shows on the network. That's End of the Matrix and XM1. And check out sat-check.com slash coaching for all your coaching needs from myself and Typhus. It's been great having you guys all here for another week. We will catch you next week for post-WTC list reveal awesomeness. And we can see which teams have shot the bed and which teams have brought Votan. Uh, I think it's going to mm. be incredible. Uh, we'll have pods. The shit. If you thought the shit talking was good when we don't know anything, imagine how bad it's going to be when we know everything and when Anthony's here. It's going to be so good. I'm also going to try and schedule another newcomer show for people who've not done, for anybody who didn't catch last year. I did a newcomer show with a bunch of people who are attending the event for the first time. The goal is to do the same thing again this year, but I need to reach out and find a bunch of people for that. And I will do my best, but it's pretty getting pretty short notice now. Um, but hopefully that will be next week as well. With all that said, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Have a great week. Good luck at any tournaments you're at. Nathan, I hope you lose every single game at Capital Clash um, or win a golden ticket, one of the two. Like, I really don't care which, as long as it's funny. <laughs> everybody, thank you. And Nathan, you can roll us out. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com. Thank you.